0: Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host Michael Trainer. I'm coming to you live from one of my favorite places on earth, Ojai, California. I'm sitting here, I'm looking out at the Manzanita and Madrone, beautiful red-barked trees native to this land and looking at the Topatopa Mountains and the hummingbirds and the red-tailed hawks and thinking about the beauty of place, and the power of story. What do I mean by that? I've been thinking lately about how stories inform our lives, how the stories of traumas can become anchors that weigh us down through the course of our life, and how the stories of hope and possibility inspire us to new, iterative versions of who we can be. And on Monday, I'm doing a a full-body scan, a sort of look under the hood, if you will, that has me really thinking about life. Because, in essence, I feel like I'm confronting my potential mortality. Uh, As some of you know, my father passed... Uh, in 2020, uh, he had uh, dealt with prostate cancer and then dementia and that process was uh, a deep reckoning for me and it's led me to really want to take hold of my health and and take hold of the stories that 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 I guide myself by that I navigate through this life uh, with and as I confront this, frankly, this <laughs> process I'm pretty scared by, uh, it evokes a lot of fear in me to look under the hood and to confront, you know, potential dis ease. In that process, I've, I've given myself a moment to really reflect and think through, you know, what are the experiences I truly value? How do I want to spend? Whatever precious time remains in this life, a dear friend of mine um, passed recently and passed, in my in my view, before his time this week also saw the passing of a man by the name of uh, Twitch, uh, who seemed to, in my mind at least, have it all, uh, and he took his own life, and I did not know him, um, but thinking about the difference between the stories that that live sort of out in the world that that most of us, for lack of a better term, judge others by versus the stories that live within us that that guide our lives and the, the the gravity of those stories, the potency, whether they are empowering stories, or whether they are stories that lead to a further sense of loneliness, uh, a sense of despair. I think that's something I've been thinking more and more about. What is the undercurrent that drives us, and how do our stories play a role in that current? And so I decided, as I confront... This reckoning within myself that I'm going to share over the course of the next week a story a day from my own life. One, because there's stories that I want to put out there, and God forbid, if anything were to happen to me, I would love for those who love me to to know about. And also because I would love to inspire those that listen to really think about their own stories. And thinking about what aspect of those stories would you like to share? What aspect of those stories would you like to continue? Are there stories of that ilk that you'd like to create more of? You know, since time immemorial, we have shared stories. And for much of our shared humanity, those stories were what bound us, what forged the tribe, stories of a life-saving you know experience on the hunt for example in a in a nomadic community to bring food to the entirety of the community stories of bravery of courage stories of of laughter of 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 shared humor and the ways in which that binds us and i've been thinking a lot about what are the stories that I really value, and I think they they look like a, a multitude of of different stories. But the ones that have been really resonating of light of late have been the stories where I've had the incredible honor and good fortune to sit with native elders. And I thought I would start by uh, sharing a story of a man that I came to know named Jerry. Now, Jerry was a Diné or Navajo elder, and I met him at a retreat, a gathering of elders in Massachusetts. And G- what I loved about Jerry was Jerry didn't wear the clothes, so to speak. He was not adorned in feathers or traditional regalia, which, by the way, I love, but I also loved that he chose to... Uh, adorn himself with a trucker's hat and a t-shirt uh, He was a large man And uh, I treated Jerry to our, his first acai bowl And as we sat down at the table What I loved was we, we bonded through, through the telling of jokes And the way I describe Jerry is Imagine you were sitting next to Aretha Franklin on a bus You'd have no idea unless she sang the potency and power of her voice. And Jerry was like that. Jerry was an Aretha Franklin. Jerry is a roadman, uh, otherwise known as uh, a a traditional uh, carrier of peyote medicine. And deeply, deeply uh, knowledgeable, deeply wise, but tremendously humble. And I learned of Jerry's uh, power in the TP. actually most properly first in the sweat lodge. Um, and what I realized is that Jerry, when he would call people together, he saw things. And what I mean by that is to say, you know, in in the sweat lodge, you gather around the grandfathers, which are these heated volcanic rocks that sit in the center of um, this symbol of, of of the divine mother, and you enter into primordial time that that place where time doesn't exist, and you are if a, if the space is held well, you are entering into a symbolic rebirth. And I've had some incredibly powerful experiences in the sweat, which I will share more about hopefully at some point. But it is to say that the, the Temescal, the sweat lodge, is an ancient technology that have been, has been used for millennia that fosters a rebalancing of the individual and of the community. It is incredibly potent. And it is a way in which we confront the parts of ourselves that perhaps we're frightened of. It is a way in which we are seeing how much we can withstand. And it is a way of also paying homage and honoring um, those that have gone before us. And what I realized in this particular lodge was that Jerry opened after a period of silence by saying... Good morning, relatives. And the way he spoke and the way that he shared was was profoundly humble, but I could tell that he was deeply in the listening. And what I mean by that is, as he looked around, he was not just listening to what people shared, their words, but he was listening to the words behind the words. He was listening to their body language. And he shared a story that everyone could be warmed by. What I mean by that is to say many people have a prescription that they feel is the key to someone else's healing. But I I believe a true healer shares a direction, uh, a story, a song Wherein the other can find themselves, can find their own balance. It is a mark of a true healer, in my view, to be profoundly humble and to come from a place of service. And what I realized in Jerry was that the true healer is wise, the true healer is listening, not just to the words, but deeply listening to the field that place where we collectively join in spirit, that place that lives around us, the song that is forever being sung, which only some of us are attuned to. But Jerry was deeply attuned to that song. And I I realized during that lodge that he was in a place of listening such that he could share a story, share a song, and in doing so pierced to the heart of the matter pierced to that place where you could find yourself like like a like a surgeon he removed the debris and got to the essence of the issue and he did that through the technology the beautiful technology of the, of the lodge and I had the great fortune of also sharing with him one of the truly potent, one of the truly gifted, one of the truly graceful, one of the most potent, powerful, graceful experience of my life, which is I was able to sit ceremony with him held by the Wiwadika, which is a, an incredible tradition that also work, works with hikudi or the, the sacred peyote cactus. And it was in some ways the almost an embodiment of the eagle and the condor prophecy. And what I mean by that is to say that Jerry was there on the right-hand side of a circle which had on the right... Uh, the tribes of Native North America, so the Diné, the Cheyenne, and on the on the left hand side of the circle were the tribes from South America, the Huni Queen, the Ashaninka, and as I looked around, I saw the harpy eagle feathers. I I saw Pagès or the true shamans uh, from South America, and on the right these incredible roadmen from North America, and in the middle was the the holder of the ceremony, an incredible elder that I had the great fortune of sitting with, that I'll share stories about another day, who was leading uh, us in a collective song, a song passed down through his tradition for generations, uh, a man who was born and raised in, in the mountains of Mexico. and. Spoke uh, of the blue deer, the sacred, the sacred uh, teacher of that region, the spirit of the peyote cactus, and what's potent about uh, the peyote medicine is that it comes alive in the morning. It's a solar medicine, and it's the spirit of the divine masculine in many ways. And as the sun rose after a a truly profound ceremony, Jerry, um, again, as I had seen him say in the sweat lodge, opened by saying, good morning, relatives. And he took the rattle and he moved the rattle. I don't know if you've seen the film... A river runs through it, but there's a there's a there's a piece in that film where the character played by Brad Pitt has, because of his dedication in life, discovered a method of casting such that the fly never touches the water, but the fish come to meet it. And his brother witnesses him without him knowing uh, in this process, and he talks very eloquently about how he found his own unique artistry, how he found his own unique style of casting. And when Jerry moved this rattle, it reminded me of that unique cast. He, it was as if his rattle were the key that unlocked a part of me and unlocked a part of all of us. It was as if he had this ancient instrument that only he knew how to uniquely move in such a fashion that it unlocked your possibility. Just as the song and the stories he shared by the fire would unlock your possibility. In this instance, his rattle was like a key to unlock parts of myself I did not even know existed. And then, like Aretha Franklin on the bus... He started to sing, and he's a large man, and the depth of the bass, the depth of the primordial song that came out of him was a reckoning. It shook me to my core, and it stood me to attention, and what it unlocked in me was a depth of knowing Now, circumstantially, there's an item that I I keep on me that was um, a very sacred uh, part of my story with my father, who I have a very close relationship with. It was a medicine bundle from work that we had done together around, well, what was for me a leaving of the dark night of the soul, uh, a, a ritual rebirth where I went through a weekend um, called the New Warriors, and my father actually flew in to staff that weekend. And he, of all the men there, there was over, I think, 150 men. He was the only father who had flown in, and he did that to have my back. And during that weekend, I did some incredibly deep work. And my father had done a similar process uh, years, years before in the, in the 1980s. He was one of the first men to go through this New Warrior training. And it was sacred work. It was it was very deep work. It was uncovering aspects of, of deep wounds and and moving through them. And without revealing uh, the, the nature of that work, it was for me a, a rebirth after an extraordinary time, a dark night of the soul, uh, catalyzed by um, my partner at the time cheating on me, and. The precipitous spiral that I went down, and he had my back in a way that I've never experienced before. And at the end of that weekend, I was given a medicine bundle, uh, which is uh, something I wore close to my heart. And my father uh, also had a medicine bundle, and I carried his medicine bundle close to my heart it was a very of the most sacrosanct or sacred objects that i that i owned and i and i held it during ceremony because i wanted to imbue it with spirit and there was a moment where i i had lost the medicine bundle i somehow misplaced it and I got frantic and frenetic, and it was a moment of wanting to almost interrupt the ceremony, this profoundly sacred ceremony, to ask for people to help me look for it. And so I was lost in the fear, lost in the, the moment of thinking that I had lost this profound symbol of my connection to my father. And in Jerry's song, as I sat by the fire, I found the quiet within myself And instead of being frenetic and moving about the world, worrying about this loss, I found a quiet within myself. His song guided me to a place by the fire where I was home. And it brought me back to center. And from that place, I intuitively know exactly where I had misplaced the medicine bundle and i walked right back over to where i had been sitting and i looked under a pillow and it was right there and to me it was way beyond the symbolism of the medicine bundle it was about finding my way home and knowing that intuitively we all know our way to get our way to get there our way home But we forget and we get fearful and we get frenetic and we forget what truly matters. We forget the cadence, the tenor, the notes of our own song. And what Jerry reminded me of was this path home. There's a a beautiful Ram Dass quote that I love, which is, we are all just walking each other home. And... I share this story because it was one of the most potent lessons I could learn about where power resides, which is within ourselves. And We oftentimes look outside ourselves for answer. We look outside ourselves for teachers and healers that we think have the answer. That isn't to say that It is invaluable to seek guidance outside ourselves. But I think that it was a potent reminder of how the true teachers, the true healers, the true guides want nothing more than to show us the way home within ourselves, want nothing more than to show us the true power that resides within all of us and our own innate capacity and capabilities. And also to show us that we belong, that our, that our home is a collective place, that our home is a place where we dance and sing by the fire, that we, we are all interdependent and interconnected. And when we recognize and celebrate that place within each other, we. We know that we belong. And so this week I've been thinking about how I forget, how we forget that we are never truly alone, that we are surrounded and connected to so many people that love us. And I just wanted to take a moment to share a story to remind myself and to remind you that there are always potent stories, songs, and teachers that remind us of what lives within us, that remind us of our own unique song. And I want you guys to go out and share your story and find those that sit by the fire with you and sing that resonant song. Sending you so much love. Thanks for listening.